I'm Laura Engel, Fox News Radio, and we are about to spend a few moments with, buckle up, my friends, Dave Mustaine. <laughs> Dave Mustaine, of course, is the lead singer, guitarist, frontman, and founder of the thrash metal band Megadeth. I can't believe you're actually sitting here in the studio with me because... I have been playing your music in my cars most of my life. So thank you for being here Oh, you're today. welcome. It's an honor. <laughs> Peace Cells was one of my very favorites. Thanks. So I had a good time singing with that. So you're here because you've got a lot going on uh, personally and also with the group Megadeth. Mm -hmm. You guys have just been nominated for a Grammy. Do I understand number 12? This is the 12th I time? I think it's 12 or 13. You know, I lost count. I, I don't think it's 12. I think it's more than that. Okay. I'm pretty sure. So what does that feel like? You, you get these Grammy nods. I mean, you haven't won yet, but to be recognized on this level is... It, it is great. The recognition is great. I, I'd like to win, actually, but, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the recognition is cool, too. And, of course, this is the Grammy nominated for Dystopia. Mm -hmm. So the, you're the nominated for, for the yeah. best metal performance for that title track. And I was reading some of the critics' reviews of your newest album, and it's being called one of the band's finest albums. And I have read that you have said of it that it has created more excitement for you than it has in a long time. So mm. this sounds like, look, every album is special to every artist but mm. it sounds like this newest one released this year in 2016 is is something truly mm. uh, above board for you yeah it is you know a lot of times artists when they're on campaigns promoting their new records will they they have to uh, propel the uh, publicity of the record by saying this is my favorite but there's some records we've had in the past that you know it's been really hard to go out and do that you know because you know, having um the uh nudging is a nice way to say it from the record label or the management and stuff to make more popular songs uh, you know radio oriented or video oriented when there really isn't a, a outlet for radio or video for us it's hard right how how has the music world changed for you because back when uh, when i was listening to you and then as i mentioned to you off mm. mic i am a former rock and roll dj and mm. i used to be a dj in sacramento and of course i always played your records and i also played you on my show metal shop mm. so we had a lot of reasons to play you but mm. has it changed i mean how aor radio how different is it uh, well the the reach obviously is is uh, still there with the internet but mm -hmm. using normal radio it's gone away I think a lot of that too is because of the advertising dollars when you look at what the advertisers are willing to spend their money on they look at the fan base for metal fans and they think it's you know like burgers and beer and stuff like that where you get the car insurance and and you know all the other kind of you know expensive beers and and jewelers and stuff like that those kind of ads in between songs are with the alternative style music mm -hmm. and and that's where the higher advertising dollars come in from what about satellite radio what about the metal shows that mm -hmm. i hear on sirius xm that's great too but i think a lot of people uh, haven't really embraced it as much as you know you get in your car you turn the ignition on and there's the radio. Right. You know, uh, I, I know that Sirius uh, uh, XM has tried to do these free things where you have the music free for a month. But, you know, I, I find in the long run, not a lot of people that I know have it in their car. Mm -hmm. You know, and then at home, usually when you do that, you put it on as background music. It's not like when, right. when I would listen to music as a kid where I would tune into the song and it's, you know, you're sitting there like eating popcorn, listening to a record <laughs> and reading every note on the jacket and stuff like that. It's just not like that anymore. Well, I bet there are some dinner parties where Megadeth is played in the background. That's got to be happening somewhere. Yeah, I'm sure somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So in terms of the music that you love, I, I found a little thing on your Twitter. You are so active on Twitter mm. and on Instagram and mm. on Periscope, too. Mm. Uh, before I get to what I found on your Twitter feed, 
what made you turn to social media? Some artists uh, love it, some hate it, but you seem to be really, really active. You tweet back to your fans, and mm. they seem to really love that. Oh, I think it's a really great way to dispel rumors. You know, every once in a while, there'll be somebody who will say something intentionally to, to hurt you. Mm-hmm. But you, we're always told to ignore that. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> we are. <laughs> it, it doesn't necessarily work, but right. uh, you know, the good thing is, is you can mute or block people. And if someone's going to say something smart mouth to me, you know, be prepared to get it back tenfold <laughs> you know and 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 I, i'm not like the girl from uh, ghostbusters where someone says terrible things about me that you know i would rally my fans to go after them because i don't need to rally them they will go after them right you have a very yeah. obviously a huge loyal, loyal yeah. fan base i love that one of your one of your twitter followers asked you about doing an acdc cover because acdc is one of your favorite old school bands and mm. you said yeah that's like a good idea mm-hmm. and you probably made that guy's year yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> i'm sure saying did. that yeah. <laughs> so, Actually, we did play one of their songs live when bond oh, had his did? 25th anniversary of his death we were in germany and somebody had said well he had, this is his 25th anniversary today and it's like well none of us know a song so we went in the dressing room and learned it in, in an You're hour right. which one so, uh, problem child which oh, is nice. pretty apropos yeah right <laughs> <laughs> so i was looking at dave's faves uh some of your favorite music and i just want to roll through some of them because maybe saying some of this will spark a memory that you can sure. share because these are the the bands and the music that helped shape you mm-hmm. as an artist so i was surprised you know i guess I guess if you're a metal guy, you don't necessarily doesn't it's not all metal in your background no. and especially growing up. I don't mm. know if there was a lot of metal in your early childhood, mm. but first album David Bowie? First album that I bought. First album that you bought because yeah. the first album that you owned was Kiss. I, well, I didn't really own it. It still belonged <laughs> to somebody else. I took it. I was uh, going to a uh, ice skating rink and I had a giant down jacket on and I wanted that record so I stuck it up the back of my jacket. Oh, there you, you go. Know, I went back uh, and made amends to the store and I said, "Look, you're not going to believe this." But I owe you ten dollars from like twenty years ago. <laughs> really, you did that? Yeah, yeah, I had to spiritually kind of clean the my side of the street so that I would be free from all that stuff. Okay, I love that story. Yeah, I love that story. That's a really and that's a very good lesson for yeah. your fans to hear. Um, yeah. Also, uh, let's see your favorite album of all time, Led Zepp. Well, that's you know it, it's it's hard to not have Led Zeppelin be a favorite band of just about anybody because it's just such a inspiring uh, group. When you think about Jimmy as a guitar player, all the different sounds he had. When you listen to the guitar tracks soloed up, any one of those guitar tracks would sound yeah, not so great. But when you layer them together, it's just a fascinating process. And uh, Jimmy and and I were just at the Classic Rock Awards that I hosted in Japan a couple weeks ago. And he's just such a gentle little spirit. I saw him out on the street, and I said, "Hey, Jimmy, how you doing?" He's going like, "Oh, I'm so jet lagged." <laughs> it's like, "All right, I'll let you go." <laughs> okay, see you later. See, why don't I see photos like that? I want to see that picture or hear that conversation. Yeah, you yeah. and Jimmy on the streets of Japan mm-hmm. having a little conversation. Mm-hmm. And I also loved that th- there was in this article the album that makes me break the speed limit. Do you remember what you said to this interviewer? Probably Motorhead. Yes. Yeah. Ace of Spades. Yeah. That, I mean, that makes all of us want to break this. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Truly. Yeah. But uh, that's incredible. You spent some time in L.A. I, I say that because whenever I think of Motorhead, I think of Lemmy at the bar at the Rainbow. Mm, yeah. Because uh, I lived in Hollywood for a while, and yeah. anytime you went to the Rainbow, there he was mm-hmm. playing that video game. Yep. Um, so music has changed, and and life has changed. And But one thing that hasn't changed, I've noticed, with you and with your band, is that you've always had, you've always been mindful of politics, mm. you know, even in the song that I mentioned that I love so much Peace Cells, mm-hmm. you know, talking about, 
you know, just everything in that song. And who says I can't be the president mm. of the United States mm. of America? Yeah, right. And and here we are yeah, exactly. with uh, Donald Trump now mm. as our president-elect. Where do you stand politically? You may not want to get into it, but has it been just a wild ride for you as well as others to, to watch what's well, happened this year? I've always been of the mindset that uh, if you don't vote, you've automatically voted for the winner. I think that our fans should be part of the democratic process. It's our right and it's a privilege to be an American citizen to do that. I don't tell people how to vote. Right. Um, I think that uh, you know somebody asked me last night how I voted, and and it was somebody who knows me really well and was you know trying to get me to say you know who I voted for, and I just said I wrote my own name in. <laughs> you know, I didn't, but uh, right. you know. Just didn't want to go it's any further. Personal information. Than that. Yeah. You have every right to and, keep it to yourself. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things where America's kind of lost sight of what the the voting process is. Too, you don't have to tell people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that during this campaign, more so than anyone, because I've uh, lived through. I think this is our tenth president we've had since I've been alive, and I, I guess the percentages of families that have fought, broken up, friendships and stuff is higher now for this campaign than any other one in the past. I read that. Yeah, which is sad because, you know, you should be able to vote for who you want without having to lose a friendship or a family member. Right. Have you ever had a political discussion at like a holiday table that made you uncomfortable? I mean, I can't see you being uncomfortable, mm. but anything that has made you uh, clear the room and say, all right, we're not talking politics? Well, there, I, I, I know when people have had enough. Yeah. And for me, I, I don't try and push my beliefs. Is that on. when you go over and just plug in the guitar and just start doing a solo? <laughs> <laughs> All <laughs> right, we're changing Write a the song tune. about you. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I, I think that if you have an open mind, you can learn a lot from people, especially people that you don't like. You can learn a lot from your enemies. And one of the things, you know, one of the things I like to ask people in these uh, podcasts that we do, and again, we're speaking with Dave Mustaine of Megadeth. Um, I always like to ask people, what is the one thing or two things that people might find surprising about you? I was telling you that I was interviewing Sebastian Bach, and he told me that he sang in the choir at church, and he went to an all-boys boarding school, and I didn't know that about him. And there's always something that you don't know about somebody that you might find surprising. What might that be for you? That I'm nice. <laughs> you are nice. I attest to that. <laughs> I, you know, I, he resembles that remark. Thanks. I, you know, I, I think that a lot of people have, you know, they'll they'll catch something or they'll make their own judgment because you know this whole feud thing with Metallica has been going on for so so. I'm long. glad you brought it up. I didn't want to bring it up. I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah. we have to talk about <clears throat> it for a minute. Yeah, of course. Um, but you know, us guys have settled it and and we're friends. I played at their 30th anniversary and and. You know, we don't have a problem with one another anymore. I mean, we're not kissing cousins by any means, but, you know, we've buried the hatchet and and we've moved on. And there's two great bands now. Absolutely. And, of course, for those who may not know, you were in Metallica. Founding member. Founding member of Metallica. And how long long did that last? Until I punched Edfield in the face and lost my job. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Oh, that's right. (laughs) Yeah. He kicked my dog. So, you know. He kicked your dog? mm, No, he did. It was a puppy. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And I punched him, and and uh, I should never have done that because I really love him. I still do, and I think that um, it was a bad move on my part. But you know, it, it happened, and um, I was in the band for a couple of years, and and the music. You were unceremoniously let go. Yeah, well, I kind of deserved it, but you know, the, I think that you know, using alcoholism as a grounds for my dismissal is probably a bit hypocritical because we were all <laughs> we were all drinking hard. I That's recall, why they called us alcoholics. I was going to say, I think that some of my friends from high school in Sacramento still have the alcoholic patches, yeah. just for, you know, 
Mm-hmm. And the problem with me sake. was when I would drink, you know, when they would drink, they would get, you know, lovey-dovey and, you know, chew up food and spit it in each other's mouth. For me, when I would, wow. you know, get drunk, I'd want to fight people. So, right. you know, it's not a good mix. It's, well, you've gone on to great success. And uh, as we're talking about the Grammy-nominated dystopia, you have a new member in the band. Um, how new is that guitarist for you? Kiko's pretty new. We met him uh, about a year and a half ago and we were on the guitar hunt and um, we had this management company who uh, was approached by Iron Maiden and said, you know, they want you to do this big, big tour with them for a year and you guys need to come off the road for a year. And and we're, there was no way we could really viably do that because, you know, two of the other guys in the band have no songwriting, they have no publishing, so they live paycheck to paycheck at the time, and management said, go find a job. So they said, okay, don't let, you know, don't expect to see me anymore, and and they quit, and so we started looking for a new guy, and and man, I interviewed so many people, and... How does a guitar, because we've got a lot of guitarists and a lot of metalheads watching the Facebook live feed, listening to this on the radio, how does one go about finding out Mm -hmm. about an audition such as this? Mm -hmm. Well, it wasn't public knowledge, you know, of course... You really got to be in the know, I guess. Yeah. When you're at the Megadeth level, I guess that uh, call goes out to somebody. Well, the fact that they had quit was, had gone out, because I found out about it uh, the same way everyone else did. You know, they posted it and Ugh. said, you know, we quit. And and I thought, you know, that's pretty pretty gutless and lacking character to quit and not say, you know, I'm quitting to me to, to make a public statement and an open letter. But, you know, people do what they do. That's, that's something for them to answer to themselves on. Right. But when it came down to us um, doing the interview, you know, we would interview people and, you know, I would hear them and think, great, they sound great. And I would look at them and it's like, well, they don't have the image that, you know, we're looking for. Mm-hmm. This guy that, you know, has giant, you know, bones through his ears and his nose and, you know, <laughs> he's covered in tattoos that, you know, that's not quite the way that we look and or you know they would look really great and they would play awful and right. I, I remember one guy that i i thought was really good um he had tattoos of flames all over his hands like god i'm so fast my hands just burst into flames it's <laughs> <laughs> like nah i'll pass on that one <laughs> so we finally see this i get this list and he of course is the last name on the list right mm-hmm. It would have been the last name even if it was the first one because I stopped after him. But I called up my bass player and I said, hey, Junior, um, I think I'm going to hire this guy named Kiko. And he goes, oh, yeah, I remember Kiko. And I was like, you idiot. Why didn't you tell me this two months ago (laughs) (laughs) before I did all these creepy, cruddy interviews with people? But But doesn't it make you appreciate it so much more? It does. And there's a lot of great talented people out there that that I looked at. And and I have a pretty stout list of guitar players, you know, that are looking for work that I'd be willing to put up on our site just so that anybody who's looking for a guitar player would know. I probably won't do that, but... You know, they're out there. There there are a lot of great guitar players. And you do a lot of festivals, right? You have yes. over, over the years. So yeah. who are the people that you love playing with? Maybe, you know, introduce us to some bands that we've never heard of or bands that we might find surprising sure. that are your favorites. Sure. Uh, a lot of the festivals overseas are, are different because the lineups, you know, we don't have concert buyers anymore like Bill Graham, who was a promoter, right. you know. We have people who will put together a concert with five of the same exact band. So you're double selling a ticket, you know, quadruply selling a ticket in some cases. And I found that the... Uh, 
the lineups overseas are so much different. You know, you've got, we did this one show, it was Oasis, R.E.M., Faith No More, Sheryl Crow, Bo Diddley, and me. And wow. I, and I looked at Bo and I said, what are we doing here, brother? <laughs> you know, and um, so so that's one of the things I love about the foreign concerts, you know, the mm-hmm. festivals, because you'll be playing with anybody. Um, and and I, I found that. Who lot, opened for who? Bo Diddley to you? Bo or? played before, Cheryl played before us, and then the, <laughs> the rest of those guys I don't really care about, so. You know, okay. They're all t- really talented. I sure. like Faith No More the most out of all of them. So you like? Do you, would you rather do a festival or would you rather just have it be Megadeth? Well, I, I, my little ego likes playing in front of as many people as I can. Mm-hmm. So anybody that tells you that they don't mind, you know, playing small venues, it's like it's don't, don't lie to me. <laughs> you know, you'd rather play, connect with the fans, you know, play the Enormo Dome than Joe's Bar. You know, if, if you'd rather play in a bar than play in a stadium, <laughs> you're retarded. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about beer because beer is fun. Mm. And I understand that you have your own beer. It's a Megadeth beer. How mm. new is this beer? Tell me about well, it. Well, in October 22nd, it was released. It's a Saison, which is uh, French for season. And the Belgian monks would brew it during the winter months so that they could have it during the summer. Okay. So it's very refreshing. And, and uh, it's called a Toulamon. And it's made by a company called Unibrew up in Quebec. Okay. And it's funny because... Everyone I've talked to does the same exact thing I did. It's spelled U-N-I-B-R-O-U-E, and I went unibrow because it looks yeah, like right. unibrow, right? <laughs> and it's like, no, no, it's unibrow. And they'll go like, a, a tout le monde, and it's like, no, no, okay, look, I'm giving you a French lesson now because <laughs> unibrow and, and a tout le monde because the second T in two is silent. Right. So, you know, that's not a great way to get off to a start in an interview with the guy saying the first question and you've corrected him twice. But, right. You, know, you the, notice I didn't say the name of the beer. I let you do it. Very clever. Very clever. You're savvy. You're <laughs> savvy. So uh, it, it's be been really good. We, we've we been uh, doing really well with it. It's funny. I remember Sammy Hagar saying that he made more money selling tequila than he ever did in Van Halen, which I thought, are you kidding? Van Halen's massive. They had to yeah. have made good money. So, And I get it because the food business is way different from the music business. Congratulations on the Grammy nod. Thanks. I'm so glad to finally meet, well, not meet you personally for the first time because I have met you before, as I said off mic, and I'll tell you guys right now, I was a radio DJ and we had you in for a meet and greet a mm. long, long time ago. Mm. And uh, you were very gracious to our, mm. our winners who got to come in and meet you. You ordered sushi. Nobody knew what to make of it, but we had a big <laughs> sushi dinner. <laughs> a bunch of sushi for our listeners back in 1990-something, and uh, everybody loved it, and you guys were all really gracious, and you took photos and signed, and and uh, thank you then, thank you now for coming sure. in, congratulations, and uh, maybe we'll see you, see your music again featured on the Bill O'Reilly show, because that was Hopefully. one thing I didn't get a chance to say, but you had tweeted to Bill that you bought all of his books, he made a nod to you on his mm. show, putting up your new music. A lot. <laughs> So yeah, he that did me really have, solid, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe we'll we'll have a joint appearance with you and Bill O'Reilly someday. Who sure, knows? We'd love that. We'll do it right here on the radio. So thank you for being here with us, and don't forget to follow Dave Mustaine on Twitter and Instagram at Dave Mustaine. That's with an E. And Periscope, too. You mm-hmm. like to Periscope a lot. Yeah, I do. Yeah, so that's always fun to watch. So thanks for being here, man. You're welcome. Dave Mustaine from Megadeth. I'm Laura Ingle. This is Fox News Radio. Listen to Fox News Podcast shows ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or follow wherever you get your podcasts.